1: We are, I think, starting a new portion of the season tonight, Darius, and who better to do that against than the hated rivals, the Boston Celtics, the owners of the best record in the NBA, And but both teams are coming into this game, I think, a little on the tired side, right? The Celtics are coming off of two blowout losses back-to-back to to, uh, Golden State and the LA Clippers last night and are now playing their third game in fourth nights and second of a back-to-back against the Lakers team that is playing their first game back from the longest (laughs) road trip of the season, right? (laughs) So that's always historically one of those ones, Darius, where teams do not play well their first game back normally from a long road trip. Teams also don't normally play all that well on their third night in third game in four nights second night of a back-to-back. Boston is without their two bigs, which I think is probably the biggest storyline in their sphere right now. So let's get into it, man. We got a new portion of the season starting up against the the hated ones. What do you see tonight?
2: Well, it's interesting, right? Because so another, Mike brought this up a couple of pods ago, but I'm going to actually look into how much longer this is going to go. But this is like the sixth straight game now that the Lakers. Opponent, when the Lakers are are playing at home, that the Lakers' opponent have played the Clippers the night before. And it was even a scheduling quirk with the Blazers game where the Blazers had actually played the Clippers in Portland
1: the night before, which makes no sense. Which makes no sense.
2: Right. And so it's funny because this is where I'm always interested in the projecting of things that fans put on the teams and fans put on the players because. All that stuff that you were talking about in terms of like third game and four nights and first game back from a long road trip, but then my mind goes to, but it's the Celtics. We hate them. Oh, right, hundred percent.
1: Yeah, it don't and, matter. And so,
2: yeah. So as so as my fan brain, my fan brain is just like, well. This could be the 29th game in 30 nights. And it's the <laughs> sure. r- right like that's 100%. the way that my br- that's the way that my brain works when it comes to a matchup with with the Celtics. It's just like when it all costs, this is some sort of death match, <laughs> which it's which it's not, right? But and, and so I'm interested to see how, and it's a national TV game. And so I'm interested to see, like, all, all of the confluence of events, right? Like, like all of mm-hmm. these things are overlapping. And I'm just, like, that's just the first part of, like, of things. And so I want to kick it back to you in terms of, like, before we get into the X's and O's and what have we seen and the bigs versus the wings and everything else. It's just, like, how much do you think like rivalry and like bright lights of a tnt game and like like you're one of the only games on like how much do you think that matters with the rivalry stuff baked into to it all because that stuff like we we you and me we love sure. that stuff and fans love that stuff but but do the players yeah. it's like an interesting question right
1: so i think for several players on the team it's going to be of a bit of an introduction to the to the rivalry but you know a guy like lebron you don't have to tell him twice about the Celtics and who they are and who their fans are and all that. Right. Like that's a, a longstanding rivalry separate from the Lakers altogether. And so I think it's one of those things where if the stars lead us, probably our best win last season was a home win against the Celtics and probably the best performance from the big three that season with maybe the exception of the at Brooklyn game last, last year. And so it's one of those games, it's a measuring stick. It's not like any of the other 82 and yes, it's, it's not, you know, the, uh, it it it's not something that in the objective standings and all of that that means a whole lot, but it's the freaking Celtics, right? Like like Worthy says, man, get that Celtic ass. That's what it's all about on games like this. And so this is a statement game. This is a statement game tonight, Mike. Uh, where Lakers got Mike joining us. This is a statement game tonight, Mike. Where uh, even though it's over the course of uh, you're in the middle of a season, it doesn't mean a ton. Uh, in terms of the standings, Lakers Celtics always means something. So, what is that from from your view, Mike? Over the years, like we were just talking about that that idea of like what does a, a game like this mean? And so. For some guys like LeBron, and for the Lakers, the the you know died in, in in the wool Laker fans, this is always a huge game. But for new guys, this is something that they're kind of joining. So, w- what what has your experience been over the years, Mike, of being a Minnesota guy, not uh, kind of in the middle of it, but having been thrust into the middle of the Lakers Celtics rivalry?
3: I mean, my first year, I think it was at as close to a. Uh to an all-time fervor uh, as it could have been, at least in this modern era. Right, right. right. Of course, because when I came over, the Lakers had lost uh, in, in in fashion that they certainly would have preferred not to have the year prior in 2008. And that whole offseason was just a massive mission uh, led by Kobe Bryant. And, and that team assaulted the league that next year. They won 65 games. And of course, they also won, the Team USA also won the gold medal. Um, in the offseason, and famously, Kobe kind of running through Powell, right, as uh, as described in that Netflix doc. So, that I got to, I got a very serious look at it, and it, because that team, that team was serious about every game that year, but especially that Boston one, and they really wanted to show we're not doing this again. Like Kobe was, I'm not losing to mm-hmm. the Celtics again, and and in Powell, and Lamar, and Andrew Bynum, you better come along for the ride. I think whenever the Lakers have a chance to win the title or they feel that way when, this, when the game against Boston comes up, it takes a bit of a heightened sense of importance. And and that's where I'm trying to contextualize what this season is. And with Boston playing the way that they are and the Lakers still in some senses, trying to figure themselves out or at least still building to the point where they feel like they can be a true contender that a little bit of that steam, um, I think from a, from a outside perspective comes off it. But Internally, I'm sure there are some players and certainly like LeBron understands it, but I'm not sure that it feels that same way that it did my first year, like going into this specific matchup today, uh, even though fans are going to bring a certain sense of that and maybe can pick up for it. But just from a, from a team standpoint, they have so many of their own things to worry about uh, before they focus on, on any rivalry, including the most important one against Boston, that I just think that has to be mentioned where it's not quite that same. Approaches as, as I felt going into that game in 2009. i mean, going into that game
2: of 2009. I imagine the entire offseason season. Uh, and I mean, I know that Kobe went, will, will went to the Olympics and whatnot, but I imagine that entire off season being like some long Rocky montage of training, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> <Exactly>. like, like <laughs> there's like, there's Lamar in the woods doing like freaking pull-ups on like tree branches and, and, and like him and him and D fish are like rolling logs and dragging logs doing wins. Right. It's, it's, it's. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how I imagine the seriousness was of,
3: well, 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 of and, that you know, shooting targets with Paul Pierce's head on them and like stuff like that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, No, sure. Sure. <laughs> so. So I don't think I think that there's few like if you go back to the Showtime era, Pete, like there's there's also that theme of these dudes beat us last year and now we're going to like. We're going to ransack the league because of it.
1: Yeah, these two teams, this version of the Lakers and this version of the Celtics have not played an important game against each other. So it's certainly not the same thing.
2: But Boston, so and this is where I want to pivot back to like tonight's game and like the spirit of both teams and where both teams are. Contextualize, Mike, against like what me and Pete were talking about before you you hopped on. Contextualize against this idea of like where they're at in this specific moment of the season, with Boston in the middle of a Western Road trip. They've lost two games in a row. They're without a couple of key players. Third game in four nights, the Lakers coming off of a long road trip, and just that balancing act of of we're actually not at the level that we'd like to be right this minute, but there is this idea of like this is the rival, and Boston – On this season long drive, I think, of like trying to get back to what they just lost. Right. And so they just lost in the finals and now they just got their butts kicked by the team that beat them in the finals. And then they just got their butts kicked by a team that was presumed to be one of the top contenders to be in the finals again this season. And and then so all these measuring sticks exist, Pete, and you use that concept again for the Lakers like the Celtics are at the top of the league still regardless of what their recent results are they're still at the top of the league and and so what there there's all of that to contextualize sure. this this specific game and then there's matchup stuff so go wherever you want to go with that but it's 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 an interesting night to me for for all of those reasons
1: yeah it starts with Anthony Davis for me he was talking the other day after the uh, went in Detroit to wrap up the road trip. And I believe uh, McMenamin asked him about like, hey, you got after this long road trip, you got the Celtics the team with the best te- record in the league waiting for you uh, when you get home. And AD was like, we feel like we could beat anybody. And if we are, it's going to start with him. And w- the Celtics right now are without both Robert Williams, who's supposed to come back somewhat soon, and Al Horford, and between that and Gallinari's uh, season-ending injury over this off season, they're actually really thin in the front court. And I don't think a lot of teams have the type of personnel to really exploit that. But to me, Anthony Davis is the guy. Like they don't have anybody for AD. And now we were talking a little bit before we hit record about how it's certainly going to. Press our disadvantages on the wing, playing a team similar to Toronto, right? This time we're going to have all of our guys, but playing a team that's so wing heavy when we're a team that does not have that. So there are a couple aspects of this, Mike, uh, uh, that to me are like, neither, neither team has something currently for the guy across them, from them. And then also those like non-AD minutes, that's a place where I think the Celtics can really press the advantage in the late first, early second quarter with their depth. Although again, without those two big guys, they're not as deep as they are normally. Uh, and so that's a point of the game where like that's survival mode to me. But yeah, there are a couple aspects of this game, Mike, where I don't think either team can handle each other and how that plays out. is going to be super interesting.
3: Yeah, for sure. The Lakers get the Celtics at about as good of a time as at least as there's been early this season for, for them to get. And the biggest reason is they just have completely run out of their front court depth in, in terms of the big positions. Their whole thing was Blake Griffin plays like once a week. It, it's almost remember we used to talk about Dwight last year. Right. Where every five days he would get up. He would, if he hadn't played in five days, he would save up enough power on those legs and he'd look like Dwight again. Yeah. And and he'd be, you know, useful for sure. And that's kind of how they're treating Blake Griffin this year. And that part has been working. But he's had to start at center for the last two games. Uh, and it's been against the the Warriors uh, and then, uh, let's see, the Clippers. Yeah, of course, the Clippers last night. So Luke Cornett is their only other big that's really playing minutes. And he played 10 two games ago or ten, uh, yeah, 10 against the Warriors and, let's see, 15 against the Clippers. And Al Horford's not going to play tonight. We know that at some point Robert Williams is coming back soon, but he isn't playing yet. And so that just leaves them vulnerable uh, in a way that, like when the Lakers were running through all, everybody with AD, just dominating all the small teams, that that's to me a little bit what they're like, except that they're much better in terms of the wings. And, and I'm sure that they'll trap and they'll fly around and they'll, they'll harass them a little bit more. But then like Pete said, the Lakers don't really have a lot to deal with Brown and Tatum. Uh, and in terms of, unless you really, Unless you really want to use AD and LeBron in ways that they haven't been used much this year, and it can't really be AD because he's your only center that's going to be in the drop, and so who's going to contend with those guys, Darius? So I'm I'm just kind of working through. I'm doing three things today, and that's that's part of them, part of what I'm focusing on. Just the the matchups that are off position a little bit and how those are going to win out. Look, so let's dive right in to off
2: position matchups like. Would I be surprised if Anthony Davis guards Jason Tatum? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron starts on Blake Griffin. I just wouldn't. Is that the most optimal? So it's interesting because AD is going to be around the basket. You want him around the basket. You want all of this stuff. And like, I totally get that. Totally. 100%. It's one of those things though, where who is LeBron going to guard? So let's start there. Who is LeBron going to
3: guard? They're starting Blake when they start Blake at the five. They're basically mm-hmm. playing Jalen Brown at the four, Uh, or like either Brown or Tatum because then they're starting White and Smart in the right. backcourt, and mm-hmm. and Griffin is spaced out. So it's it is very a traditional like AD can't really can't is the wrong word. I don't know if he's going to be in the tr- in the traditional drop if Griffin if like whoever his assignment is is just they're playing this five out style. So it's it it does switch matchups in in various ways.
1: For sure, but I I think that like AD is such a central part of how the broader defense operates that like him him doing something like going to guard Tatum for the night would change so many other aspects of who defends who and and what they're responsibilities are that i doubt we do that for one now if it was a playoff series against them it's it might be a different story but i think that there's a good chance that lebron starts out on tatum and then probably bev on jalen brown the 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 thing about tatum and brown in particular is they're guys you really want to press their dribble you want to be able to disrupt them on the handle because once the celtics get into their wheel offensively they've they've struggled a bit recently but uh up until recently they've had uh They've had one of the best offensive ratings of all time. And when you watch them play, once they get into the sequence, right, of the, the ball gets moving, everybody knows their shot, like everybody's taken the shot that eventually ends up to them just so many times. They know the swing pass to make. They've played together for so long that they're able to kind of get into the wheel and get into the sequence. And then their jump shooting has just been nuts this season up until at least a couple of games ago, were the team in the league that had the most points off of threes. Just their their three-point shooting, their jump shooting was has been phenomenal. So they're a Team D that I'm like, you got to get up into their dribble. You got to disrupt them. And so that's one of the places where Pat Bev and Dennis and guys like that can win some of those battles, even though they're not ever going to win the the over-the-top type ones.
2: Totally fair. And and so actually, let's let's go to break here because I want to examine a little bit more on like the defensive matchups part before we switch ends and like ask who's going to guard Anthony Davis.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: The Lakers have typically done one of two things with LeBron. Defensively, they have put him on or one of three things. So against the Bucs, he started out on Brook Lopez, right? Sort of like the center, the stretch big, the guy who LeBron has help responsibilities on. Right. But someone who where you're going to be out here. And I'm going to close out to you and leverage my athleticism against your size. And then when it's time to body you inside, like, I'll do my best. And then they've put him on the weakest of whatever perimeter player exists on the other team where LeBron can help off again and be more of a a back line, showing up early in help situations in order to deter penetration and then force a kick out or they've said no tonight is your night you gotta guard that other dude now they've never really done that on the very first possession of the game they have gone to that later right and so that's why I'm skeptical that he starts on Tatum personally Mm -hmm. I could see them saying well you know what you're on Derek White to start the game or even you're on Marcus Smart And I want you to guard him almost like we would guard Rondo. Smart's a much better shooter and offensive player than that. But if he's taking a lot of shots, that's actually better for us. Right? And so I could see a lot of different strategies playing out. And in terms of pressing, the types of players that Pat Bev has typically guarded is Jason Tatum. Like, hey, other dude, like other teams' best forward. And our best chance against him is like getting into his handle and you crowding his. his space. And then I could see even Dennis on Jalen Brown. Like, oh, this dude, the worst part about this game is his handle and you're our 94 foot guard. And then Lonnie is on whoever LeBron doesn't guard
1: oh i I think that's certainly a possibility. I could see LeBron on smart. It's just you're getting cross positional in so many places that it, like and sometimes a team's gonna like that. I just think Mike that at that point you're when you're talking a Dennis guarding a six seven Jalen Brown or uh Pat Bev guarding a six nine six ten Jason Tatum. There are certain things that you know where no matter how much you crowd their handle and, and do things like that. There's ways to exploit that size, size differential in a way that I think probably shows a, that, that shows the hole that we have on the wing on the roster. So like, I, I, I like being able to do that to crowd a guy. I just like the players to be a little bit bigger if, if they can, but I certainly see where, where D coming from there.
3: Yeah. So I'd like the way that we always are able to break down these individual matchups. Right. Um And And that's always important. I just think for this one, I'm a bit more in the zoom out category of like the Lakers Mm -hmm. have to be in some ways thankful of what Boston is missing in this one. Because I think it should give them a different type of confidence than than they would have if Boston came in with their whole roster, which would be equipped to to handle Anthony Davis better than almost anybody um, if they had all their guys and would be equipped in the way that the Lakers would be very much struggling to match up with them defensively, like it, it would be a matchup that I would love for Boston um, at this point of the season, which is why they've been the best team in the league so far. But in this particular, on this particular night, their third game in four nights, uh, a back to back, when they have very little up front to offer, I, I just think that the, like AD can go into that game thinking they can't handle me tonight, and and if they do, which what they what they should do is trap him. And and he's been better. And you guys have been pointing that out in the text. Zone. He's been better against those types of things. And then one thing that does, that opens things up for LeBron in a certain way. And that opens things up for a Schroeder or an Austin Reeves or whoever, even a Russ when he's in there. To the All of the guys that can sort of attack some downhill and then hopefully still get the ball to Anthony Davis. So at least on that side of the court, um, I, I'm i not going to pretend like I know exactly what they're going to do matchup wise on the defensive end. I, I, I could guess. but. That's the thing that I think the Lakers have to have a certain level of swagger, even knowing what their record is relative to what Boston's is and feel like, hey, when Anthony Davis has been playing and not out with the flu or leaving after nine minutes, like there has not been a team, including the Milwaukee Bucks, um, Mm -hmm. that can handle that, that type of performance from him. So that to me has to be the overriding way that the Lakers go into this game.
1: A hundred percent. And that's something that really gives a team a lot of confidence when you have one of those guys that he's going to draw to. And like you said, Mike, we've been discussing his passing ability out of double teams. He's seen more doubles this year and he's been better at that than he has in previous years. But Darius, this is going to be one of those games that if Boston brings the requisite effort is going to challenge that, right? They're a great deflections team. They get a lot of, you know, high hands and, and it, When AD gets a little bit out of sorts as a post passer, he can kind of stand stand up too high or make kind of back foot passes the way a quarterback who might throw an interception will, you know, instead of kind of stepping toward the guy that you're having your momentum going toward the guy you're passing the ball to. And so to whatever degree Anthony Davis's post passing has improved, I think tonight's a really good test of it.
2: I also think tonight's going to be a really good test of how the Lakers manage a fronting defense because I imagine when you're playing this small they're going to front a ton. For sure. And the Lakers have not been particularly adept at dealing with fronting defenses like they are late on weak side flashes. They um they try to like look for the lob too often and like dribble the air out of the ball in terms of looking for the lob a lot. And so I'm hoping that there are counters that we see early to, to like three quarter and, and full front defenses because that's what I think they're going to try to do to, to Anthony Davis, like to Mike's point, And I think that this is, This idea of, like, who guards who is is super important. Sure, they could put Blake Griffin on Anthony Davis, and I'm guessing that's going to be the matchup. But the Lakers are such a heavy pick-and-roll team that, like, thinking of—and Boston switches so much, Pete. And so when you're a switching team— like the way that you deal with, like, you know this, because we talked about it so much last season about like, oh, they need to switch more. They need to do this. They need to do that. Oh, well, so it's just like they're smaller. The, like these smaller lineups are going to be their best lineups. And so they have to switch more. But when they switch, you got to know what you're doing out of the switch. Yep. It's like, right. It's like all of this stuff that we talked about a ton last year. Well, you know, who's going to be pretty good at that is the Boston Celtics, right? Mm-hmm. And so been doing they're it for gonna, a they're going to switch a ton. There's going to be a ton of possessions where you know who ends up on Anthony Davis? Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. Yep. Or Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. And those dudes have the requisite size and strength for the wing position to be like, hey, we're going to actually not play behind you. You're Anthony Davis. We're not going to let you catch the ball. Clean. We're gonna, we're gonna front. We're gonna show help from, from the backside. We're fast. So we're gonna scramble out of that stuff and then rotate back out to the perimeter. And we're gonna make him work to even get a touch. And this is where the dribble breakdown ability of Russell Westbrook and LeBron James and how much Mm -hmm. do they have of that and Dennis Schroeder even? How much of that do they have? Because I think one of the things that AD is going to need to do tonight isn't catch the ball and beat his man and I'm Anthony Davis. It's like, no, Anthony Davis had 25 rebounds this game and 10 of them were on the offensive end. Like, that. (laughs) no, like I'm being serious with that, though. Like, that's the sort of game that I think the Lakers need to be looking for from AD as much as the like, oh, well, he's punishing this Boston Celtics team with no front line. Yeah, yeah. the Celtics know they have no front line. They're not going to go in there and be like, hey, Luke Cornett, go in there. You got that dude. One on one. Yep. Yeah. Like the dude who's playing like the MVP of the league, like go guard him. Like, no, they're going to make it super hard for AD to even touch the ball. And that means AD is going to have to go and get it to a certain extent. And that's the that's the chess match, the, the cat and mouse game that I love about just a random NBA basketball game. And when you up the stakes, like, oh, Lakers versus Celtics, then, like, I'm all in. I'm all in.
3: I think the trickier part for the Lakers in this sense is that Boston, even, you know, without Horford and without Williams, and even if I'm guessing Griffin won't play as much just because it's a back-to-back. He played 20 last night. So they might just play really small. And that's Mm -hmm. a difficult team for the Lakers to defend. And if you think about the way that the game went for the Lakers against Philly and AD gets in foul trouble and all of a sudden it's LeBron James basically playing center because Gabriel is still listed as out and then with four small guards. Well, how are those, how is that group? And even if you put Anthony Davis in, how are they going to keep Boston from scoring? Uh, and how yeah. are they going to keep Boston from getting wide open threes and driving kicks and Tatum and Brown isos on the wing? And who's going to stay with either one of those guys? And so there's just. To me, that the all the advantages that Boston has to account for in terms of dealing with Anthony Davis, the the Celtics have a lot of those on the other end. And against the Clippers, they're one of those few teams that has enough of the requisite wing type size. Like Kawhi played 30 minutes, you know, Marcus Morris played 26, and and of course they didn't have to play as much late because they were up. And Paul George 36, and then off the bench, Batum plays 26, Man plays 20. The Lakers don't have that all those types of wings to be interchangeable and to kind of deal with and switch out and get out to shooters and, and all of that. And that to me is the, is the other part, Pete, where they're, they're just, they're going to give up some points um, tonight. And what did the Lakers do defensively to try and what personnel do they play? What groupings do they play? Again, without Gabriel and without Toscano Anderson and basically nothing on the wing behind what they're starting with to to deal with Boston.
1: Now, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought this up because that, I think that's going to show itself most prominently in the wraparound in that end of first quarter, start of second, end of third, start of fourth type lineups where AD is not on the floor. And when they do go small, that the point about Griffin in particular on the second night of a back-to-back, they're the type of team that, especially against a team like us, that we won't be able to make them pay enough on the other end when LeBron is out of the game to uh, I I I think really exploit that, and so that's a part of the game. You look skeptical on that, though. Do you think that uh we we got a chance to put up some uh, basically in in those parts of the game where Anthony Davis is out? How do we approach that? Because when I look at this game and the stuff that Mike just talked about, that to me is where that's going to rear its ugly head the most. And I'm hoping in that part of the game that we're able to just hang tight as best we can and that our, you know, our chance to really win the game would be in the AD minutes, of course.
2: Yeah, I think it's time to put on the track shoes at that point of the game. Like, look, Mm -hmm. hey, Grant Williams, go protect the rim. For sure. Right? Russ,
1: go attack the rim. Lonnie, go attack the rim. Yeah. Yeah, no, get downhill. Look, like I
2: I get. I get that Boston's going to be hard to to defend. They have put up the best offensive rating in the history of the NBA through this point in the season. They're at like 120 points per 100 possessions. That's typically a number you see teams score in transition. <laughs> and they're scoring that regularly as like their base offensive rating. They are a wonderful offensive team. And if we start to bang our heads around, hey, how are the Lakers going to stop the Boston Celtics? It's just like, yeah, they're going to do their best. But if Boston is making their threes and they've got the wheel going and and everything else, it's going to be hard and almost impossible, like for almost any team to, to do it. I know that they've run into some challenges lately and some nights they are going to shoot well, other, like other nights they're not. I saw last night when I was watching them play against the Clippers, I saw them miss a ton of shots that they on a, a random night against the Nets. All of those fall. And it's just like, hey, we won by 40. Right. Yep. It's, it's like that's the difference. And so make or miss league, yada, yada, yada. But one of the things that's going to happen to the Celtics is they are going to switch a lot. But the Lakers are still going to test their ability to defend the paint. And they're going to ch- keep trying to get there. A- and it's like one of the things that AD has been really good at doing is just been drawing fouls. He's just been drawing fouls. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so it's just like, hey, like optimist brain here, right? And, and so this isn't to say that this is what's going, going to happen, but I could easily see AD getting a team into getting this Boston Celtics team into the penalty, like oh like oh the Lakers are shooting free throws the rest of the quarter with six minutes left in the first quarter right and oh AD's back into his shift and suddenly like Grant Williams has four fouls in the first half this is well how'd that happen right it's there's all of these things where and this is where again like Russ is the type of athlete where it's just like he's going to be like okay well like I'm just gonna go in there I feel like tonight is going to be one of those nights where Russ is probably going to draw a couple of charging fouls where he's just going to barrel through through guys. But it's he's also not going to stop trying to get to the basket at all. And he's just going to keep going and going and going. And this is where Mike, for all the like, how much is LeBron going to drive? How much does LeBron have left in in him? This exact sort of matchup where he looks at the other team and he's just like, oh, it's, there's no one back there protecting the basket. No one. It's Grant Williams back there. It's Blake Griffin back there. Like, oh, you're playing five wing-sized dudes and you're going to try to stop me at the basket? This is typically a game where LeBron is just like, oh, I've got 80 drives the rest of the season in me, right? Like he, the way that his, his supercomputer brain works. I've got, I'm using 15 of those tonight. I'll shoot threes next game. Tonight is one of those games where, like, these dudes ain't got nothing for me, right? And, and so that's where if I'm, look, the Lakers could go out and lose by 40 tonight. Who knows what's 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 going to happen? But there is, there is a path. There is a game plan that, that exists. And it goes back to some of the stuff we were talking about before, Pete, when, uh, before we were recording about, like, size and, like, a team with wings versus a team that's built around basically two bigs now. And who's going to win? Like, the bigs have a good chance to, like, be like, hey, we're bigger than y'all, and we're just going to do something to it.
1: Yeah, we we don't have on the roster the guys to deal with their wings, but they're, with their injury situation, they're in a similar position with our bigs, and just kind of like the general force that we play with.
3: Yeah, I just was thinking, you guys were talking about the road trip in the pod yesterday, good pod, by the way, and I think some might look at the Detroit game and think, oh, well, it's Detroit, like, they have seven wins, they suck. That is a tougher game, um, especially at the end of the trip, especially when you have somebody getting lightning hot. And it's always harder for the Lakers when LeBron and Anthony Davis are out there. And like it's just, it's it's something that I think it backs up the fact that the Lakers ended up pulling it out, um, even with what some of their shortcomings are. On top of what they did earlier in the trip, I, they are they are at a point now with what Anthony Davis is doing where they don't have to look at any game and think that they can't win it. They're not going to consistently beat all the best teams, but with this level of AD and with LeBron supporting that to some extent and Austin Reeves, for example, kind of earning himself into that closing time type lineup, right? Where he's been effective. Like they've got, they've got stuff that can beat teams. And if this Boston team were fully whole, I'd say they would have to probably play poorly. Um, And that's, that's one of only a couple teams, I think, but right now they're not whole. And and that's that's just the bottom line, I think, right now is that the matchups are not going to favor the Lakers. They're going to have problem areas. But this is a this is not a team um, right now that they that they should look at with any other intent. But to try to get a win um, at home and to try to ride some of that energy that's going to come with from Laker fans against the Celtics.
1: Hey Amen. Let's get a win against these freaking guys, man. Uh, all right. We'll be back back tomorrow to, to talk about how it went. But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time.
2: The just got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tipped to Magic, Worthy dies on his belly, Magic scores. And Magic, got it.
3: Magic fires, it's game. and the Lakers win the game! The Lakers win the game! Three seconds left, that next
2: to the winner. It. It's on the way, down. Kobe Bryant, 48
3: points, 16 rebounds, Back with his eighth block. shot
0: There's the move, two, one, missing. is it, unbelievable, the victory, it's over, and shot popping out of five, Bryant, yes, yeah. and that was a little tough
3: to Albert Gentry, that insult to injury Kobe, I mean what a shot,
0: I mean you can't defend that, are you kidding me, 2.1 seconds remaining, Denver a foul to give, Jokic,